The Last Word with Matt Cooper. If you own a car, if the car is four years old or older, then you are going to have to go at some stage to the National Car Test, the NCT, and get an assessment of the roadworthiness of your vehicle. If you do so, you're going to have to pay for it digitally. Uh, you're going to have to not bring, can't bring cash anymore to an NCT centre. What you do is you make the payment in advance online before you go for your NCT. We have two guests with us. I'm going to start with Patter Tobin, the Into leader, TD for Mees West. Any problems with that, Patter? Yeah, I think it's important that uh, cash remains an option for people, especially for state services and especially for a service that is mandatory, uh, such as uh, the NCT. You know, if a person doesn't fulfil their responsibility in relation to the NCT, they can get penalty points, they can get fined up to two grand, and, you know, they could even get imprisoned for up to three years. So it doesn't make sense for a, a mandatory uh, service uh, to uh, get completely cashless and the reason being is cash is probably the most inclusive form of payment that there is. Uh, it means that anybody can use a, uh, a service. They don't have to have access to a, a, the internet, a smartphone or even the ability to use that uh, technology. Uh, and we know that you know there are certain segments of Irish society, maybe people who are who are older, also people who are very young, people between the ages of 15 and 25 often don't have bank accounts, uh, people from a lower socioeconomic background and people from maybe a less educated background uh, are less likely to have access uh, to banks or bank accounts. And if we go down this route where we, we delete the option of cash, uh, it does put people uh, under pressure, especially older people. And I think that this is a key point because Keeping older people independent and, uh, you know, having their own autonomy uh, is really important. But if you get an older person has to ask their son or daughter or the neighbour for help to carry out a transaction, I think that starts to make that person less independent in relation to simple transactions uh, around life. The other issue I have is, is as well is that there's plenty of parts of the country where internet uh, access is poor, even where phone access, uh, phone signal access is poor. Uh, many of these transactions, you have to get an authentication uh, code from the bank uh, to carry it out, which means you have to have a signal, a safe, a strong signal for a period of time. If that signal falls, the transaction has to be started again. Um, and, I, and I do think as well, like if you go to the, the central bank website, it tells you that you know cash is a legal tender. And my understanding of legal tender is that it uh, has to be accepted. Uh, by shops and restaurants and services. And I think we need to have a debate about are we going to have a society that does exclude a small element uh, from the transactions of normal life or are we still going to have a society where people can use technology for sure, where it's you know feasible and useful for them, but we leave the option there for people uh, who don't have that ability. John Lowe's with us as well, founder and managing director of Money Doctors. John, how impressed are you by that argument put forward by Pat Tobin? Not, not really. Um, you know, okay, there's a, a cohort, 300,000 people, I believe, age 60 or older, who don't use the internet at all. But, you know, 
that cohort is getting older. They, when they do go and pass this mortal coil, uh, the next generation, my parents, for instance, weren't digitally, uh, you know, in with it. But I went over, for instance, uh, last weekend to London uh, to Tottenham Hospital Stadium. And I was told before I went, it's a cashless stadium. Now, there's a huge cohort of supporters, both from Manchester United and from Tottenham, who were over 60 and who had no choice but to abide by the, the rules. Um, everything is cash. I brought over £100 in sterling. I couldn't use it, uh, Matt, while I was over there. I do think that, um, you know, as far as NTCT is concerned, uh, the vast majority of people, when they apply, when I applied, certainly, uh, and, and I would certainly, I would be over 60, um, when I applied, I paid online. I was happy to pay online. You can either use the IBAN BIC numbers, you could use your um, credit card, your Visa debit card, or your prepaid card. You've all sorts of options and I don't think it's a question of you know if you're old that you're not able to you know adopt these uh, new kind of technologies it, you know people are not stupid they're definitely not stupid they can understand uh, uh, one system from that I mean you, you change your phones now on a regular basis young or old what you say to that, yeah, Pat or yeah, that This, the, this is the way the pro- things have moved. I mean, you said, for example, earlier, 15 to 25-year-olds don't have bank accounts. Really? Are they not all on the likes of Revolut? Are they not using their phone or their watches for doing financial transactions all the time? Yeah, so if you look at a study done recently by UCD in relation to this, 84% of young adults, that's uh, people between the ages of 15 and 24, uh, have a bank account. Uh, so that's obviously 16% don't. So you're right, the vast majority majority of young people are early adopters, you know, they, they take on new technology without even thinking about it, and that's great. And, you know, I think it's, it is excellent that people have so many electronic opportunities to use this. But the idea of writing off 350,000 people, the idea of actually saying that, well, you know, there are only 250,000 people who can't use the system, so just, you know, tough, I think that's just you know, not reasonable. Like, we, we, we say we're a society that is diverse and is inclusive, and yet we're now we're going down a route where a state service, a service, a service that if you don't fulfill, you could go to prison, is actually stating to you know, hundreds of thousands of people who don't have access to technology to allow them to use this, you know, that gets stuffed. And, you know, also business and state services should be citizen-centric and customer-centric. And, you know, I have no doubt that these organizations are changing these uh, rules to suit their own uh, companies and their own services to make it more efficient and easier for them uh, to deal with. But, you know, when the GAA made the decision that you had to buy your tickets electronically, you know, many, many older people found it very, very difficult to buy tickets. Many older people didn't go to matches. Many older people had to ask their family to help them. And actually, Age Action and a number of age advocacy groups came out and strongly stated that that decision was significant disempowering many people in that age group. And, you know, we have the banks, AIB, tried to do this um, a year ago in terms of their uh, provincial uh, branches stating that they were going to go cashless. And, you know, I think it's, it's, it's wrong to think that we live in a homogenous society. For sure, the vast majority of people are using electronic money at this stage. But there is a section of society that are just as entitled to consume these services who are just unfortunately don't have the systems to do it as of yet. And I think it's wrong for the NCT to to, to do this. I think they're going to have to reverse it. And I'm sure that that decision will be reversed like 
the AIB decision was reversed and like the GA decision in practice was reversed. John Lowell, quite a few people using your Tottenham analogy and they want to throw it back at you saying that it's an option as to whether you want to go to see Tottenham beat Manchester United at <laughs> White Hart Lane whereas it is a requirement of driving that you have to have a valid NCT. Big difference. Yeah, there is. Mind you, by 2031, Matt, um, there will be completely cashless the whole society, I reckon, by 2031. I mean, you know, it's not just, um, you know, the Tottenham Hospital Stadiums. I can't remember the last time I actually took out a card from my little, I have a, a pack, you know, with all my cards in, and I leave it in my pocket because most of my cards are on my phone. So I tap everywhere. I don't even have to use the cards. And you know, as I said, I'm, I'm over 60. So therefore, it's not a question of, you know, these people can adapt. And it's, it's more convenience. For me, it's, con- it's about convenience. And I find it extremely convenient. Listener says, this is the start of phasing out of cash and the move towards a cashless society. This will only increase the wealth the banks have as they take a cut of every digital transaction, therefore transferring even more wealth to the already super rich, John. Well, I, I will say this, that the biggest cost of any of the banks is staffing. And that's why they're actually trying to, I mean, Bank of Ireland have reduced their uh, staffing branches by one third. Uh, the same with post offices, same with all of the uh, institutions. Uh, and that's a staffing level. Um, the transactions, some of them, for instance, are free. I mean, you mentioned Revolut earlier. I mean, their, their transactions uh, up to a certain levels are free. Um, and, and you can go r- right throughout. Um, Sorry, John, is there anything ever really truly free that you know, the story goes that if you get something for free on the internet it means you're the you're the one who's actually paying for it somewhere you're you're always going to pay for somebody there's no such thing as you say as the free lunch at the same time you know you get what you pay for as well Can I, I mean come in here sorry one second Potter we'll bring you in one second you know as, as far as as cash is concerned you've, you've not only have you got um, uh, obviously the, the germs and various other things that's why during COVID the cashless society was absolutely perfect because it stopped you having to touch these uh, notes but even aside from that uh, I don't think that um, uh, having having uh, uh, notes uh, in your wallet is a good thing where you know you, you've got you, you've got your phone you can just tap away Okay, you want to come in there, Potter? Yeah, just, there's a number of other elements. If we're going to go down the roots of a cashless society, you know, things like tips, uh, club, football club lotteries, charities, uh, church gate collections, all of those things where, you know, you find yourself struggling to find coins in your pockets to be able to give to somebody who's worthy of it uh, are going to come under pressure. And also, just I'd mention the human element of this as well, because John mentioned the fact that, you know, less staff would be necessary, potentially less branches, less human interaction. And I do think, you know, do we want to turn, you know, our activities into a digital experience as a society, uh, or do we want to actually be able to also engage with other human beings in our transactions in a society and what's actually healthier in the long run uh, for mental health and for all these aspects. And and actually you mentioned COVID there, like, you know, we all heard the stories about people who, you know, you know, older people, especially who lived up lanes and country areas who hadn't engaged with people for months uh, at that time. And I do think that it's necessary that we keep a human element to our banking systems, to our our businesses, uh, to to our public services uh, as well. Okay, but Hannah, what about the argument that people who engage in dealing in cash are doing so because they are actually potentially involved in tax evasion? Well, listen, I think no matter, no matter what kind of system that you have, you're always, always going to have people who will look to uh, abuse it. 
and you know far and, harder uh, in the digital economy to do that though isn't it well on the flip side I, I would say people you know scamming is, is, is very prevalent people are getting messages on their phones to hit links to bring them into websites to take um, pin numbers uh, which leads to accounts being raided so you know this, I, I think no matter what form of currency or what form of cash or uh, payment you have there'll always be people seeking to and to unfortunately break the law in terms of that. But I would encourage people to go onto the Central Bank of Ireland's uh, website and just look under you know, their page on cash. And they make a really strong argument for the, the benefits of cash in society, the freedom, the autonomy that it gives people, you know, the ability of people to be able to track their expenses, to, you know, to keep a clo- closer control over their spending. And there's, there's a lot of benefits to cash. And I think we actually need to have a debate in, uh, in, in terms of this because there's definitely economic pressures happening within businesses and services seeking to push it out. But I think there's human pressures also seeking to keep it. And I think, I think you know, the okay. legal tender issue here is important. I think the government needs to step in and actually start to say, are we going to have a society where people can still use cash into the future? Yeah, cash as a legal tender is coming up an enormous amount of the text messages to 0874100102 saying that if it's legal to use and to proffer it, it should be accepted. But a final point I'm going to put to you, John Lowe. A listener says, what happens when a rogue country attacks our financial sector and we're stuck for weeks? with no way of spending any money. Cash is king. Is that not a legitimate question to ask, particularly when you see the debacle involved in Bank of Ireland last week when people were unable to access their cash or move it around online because of technological failure on the part of the bank? Why move away from cash when the banks can't guarantee their technology? Well, that's a good question, but I'll tell you one thing. If, 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 if the economies are under pressure, if currencies fail, if countries fail, if governments fail, then you're, you're back to a bartering system. You're back to the standard of gold. You're back to precious metals. But that's why, for instance, in volatile times, you'll find that precious metals like gold and platinum are going through the roof uh, because, you know, it's a barterable uh, commodity. Thank you very much, John Lowe, the money doctor, and Padder Tobin, into leader and TD from Meath West. Lots of people getting in touch to 0874 102. Sligo Cathedral already has tap machines for the collections. Cashless is the future. Even charities can collect by text messages. Another one says, is, um, I've seen buskers use cash machines. And <laughs> another one says, if you're having a debate about cash and cashless society, Surely Bertie Ahern is your go-to man, says Breed in County Clare. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today FM.